Right, so this is episode 85, and uh, to be honest, I don't even know where to start with this one. Like, there's, there's so much happened in the last few weeks, or since we last podcasted anyway. Um, yeah, it, it's been absolutely amazing. And um, yeah, Pete, it, it was a big shame that you weren't there on Friday night, I have to say. Like, yeah. missed you a lot at, at, at that event, to be honest. How are you doing? Are you all right? Good, man. I, I definitely, uh, yeah, it was definitely sad to see all these people tweeting, even people DMing me. I even had some folks being like, hey, are you here? And, you know, you know, I, I wanted to chat with you. And I'm like, oh, man, I want to be there so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I saw the pictures and I heard the whole band, the music was there, I th- which I thought was yeah. really a cool move. And uh, yeah, everybody that I spoke to about it just really had, they really enjoyed it. I heard so many good things about, you know. Allure and everything so yeah I definitely want to unpack it with you I'm, I'm curious to hear how that experience was for you yeah I mean like I say I'm trying to remember what we last podcasted about and if we even talked about how the seller of dreams went and all that stuff I don't even do you know what I mean I don't no, even think that's the thing we've got multiple things to unpack so the last time we spoke it was obviously before the, the both streams the the, mm-hmm. the seller of dreams as well as the uh, as well as the live event so yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, the Seller of Dreams we did, uh, I did exclusively for patrons and um, it was amazing. It, honestly, that was that was really cool. Uh, such a cool way of giving something back to patrons, you know, although I do put out a lot of content, but giving something like a little extra special um, back to patrons and I absolutely adored uh, watching it back afterwards and then looking at all the comments that had come through during. And yeah, I was just really pleased that, you know, effectively patrons and direct supporters got to, you know, got to hear the record first. And yeah, it was a a great setting, a great studio. I did it in, did it in Mickey Dale's um, keyboard player out of Embrace, Uh, did it in his studio. And um yeah, it was it was absolutely brilliant. It it really was, and it was great practice for the actual um, gig as well. It was like a, you know, like a really good dry run. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was it was a great way to to start the release, so to speak. And yeah, I'm just really pleased that um, patrons got to uh, see and hear that first. So yeah, man, that was that was really cool for a start. Yeah, we watched it over here, and uh, my wife really enjoyed it. She 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 thought you were really good, and uh, we were just watching the whole thing, enjoying it on the TV. And uh, and then you gave me a shout out. You're like, hey, thanks to Pete. And it was funny because my daughter was like so impressed. My daughter and my son. Were like, <laughs> wow, they said your name on it. I was like, yeah, it's pretty cool, right? <laughs> It's just funny because you get lost in the moment of just watching this live performance. And then it was just kind of like, uh, Pete, oh, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a funny experience. But yeah, the the it really looked good with the multiple camera angles. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it sounded amazing. And uh, yeah, it was a really chill vibe. I liked the way that that went down. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had to channel all my um, podcasting experience and all that sort of stuff to... Do you know what I mean? Because they were like, well, am I just going to play through it? And they were like, no, you know, you need a mic set up so you can talk a little bit. And I'm like, fuck it, I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> but um, I, I watched it back and like, I was really pleased because when I watched it back, because when I did it, I were actually quite 
not uncomfortable, but I was pretty nervous and like, right, how am I going to, because it was going out live, like I didn't want to mess anything up because obviously when we do this podcast, I can go on like a little train of thought. And if I suddenly decide I don't like it, you're just yeah. like, no, scratch that. We'll start again. Whereas like when you try to do a train of thought live, it's, <laughs> it's so much more, am I going to trip myself up? Oh my, you know what what am i going to say so i had to sit there for a few m- minutes before and just sort of right come on get into just pretend you're podcasting in terms of the talking side of it anyway um yeah i knew the i I practiced everything so much that i was like look i know that i ain't got any problems there it's just sort of the the chat in between really but yeah it went it went amazing like you say it sounded like the guitar my guitar sounded absolutely insane man oh, yeah. like and it sounded great in the room and yeah that was just a great experience and like i say i'm really pleased that that was um made available to patrons now obviously it's also now part of the serenade digital pressing which we will talk a little bit more about in a little bit um but yeah i thought we should i'm just so what was next then so we did we did the seller of dreams live stream and then it was like release day and gig day at the same time wasn't it yeah sure was which was just i mean honestly all the little logistical things and all the email threads and all the stuff that needed to happen for both those things was just insane (laughs) yeah you know what i mean so for them to both be on the same day there was a point where i was sat there thinking look it's great we're doing this gig on release day but my god i have given myself a headache here do you know what I mean? Because it's like trying to spread myself too thin, like oh, yeah. trying to li- liaise with Townsend and um, everything else that needed to happen for the actual release itself, you know, including getting over to Townsend, finding the time to get over to Townsend, sit down, uh, sign all the physicals and things, which well, that was amazing because that was like the first time I'd seen everything together. Do you know what I mean? Like seeing the vinyls and in the flesh and Seeing the packaging, seeing the vinyls themselves, um, it, I don't even know what to say about all that stuff. It, it was so cool. And the CDs, man, the CDs look absolutely unbelievable. And especially like even the CD packaging looks unbelievable, which was something I was a little bit nattered about because I have to say, like going back to the Live at Temple News and release, um, the CD packaging in that particular example i was not happy with you know what i mean i was just like these these are shit oh <laughs> Do you know what i mean obviously it's a great disc and there's great audio on it but the actual cd packaging themselves wasn't really good but i think a lot of that was down to do um with timelines and how much time we had to deliver it because there wasn't much down to the point that the cd packaging arrived in a flat pack form and like the lads at Townsend and that literally had to glue it all together. Do you know what I mean? And it just, it just, and the CDs were falling out of the bloody, oh, the cases because there was two, they weren't, they weren't nice enough. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't nice, strong card and the CD section was too open. And anyway, the, the Badlands on Fire CDs look absolutely amazing. And I have to give a massive shout out to Nicola McCulley on that because that was a process where I eventually just went, look, I'm, this is blagging my edge. I've got these CD manufacturers like quote, quoting all these terms to me like, well, do you want this? Do you want a Remus spine? Do you want a jewel? Do you want Digipad? And I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. 
And I'm not necessarily inclined to go sit an exam to be able to learn how to tell these guys what I want. So, you know, as usual, the McCulley's to the rescue. Nicola knows about all this stuff. So um, Nicola dealt with the specking upside of it for me. So I could actually know what I was by, you know, know what I was instructing them to make and then buy. Um, yeah. But, but the result is absolutely gorgeous. Um, because that it's difficult really because the vinyl side of it, 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 it's so expensive to make the vinyl and to make the vinyl packaging. It, you know, when you actually break it down, you, th- you have all these grand plans of, well, I want the vinyl packaging to be like this and have these inners and all these other things. And then you get the quote and you're like, oh, uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to have to simplify that. But again, so like the vinyls and the packaging, it looks gorgeous and it looks really classy and it, it's quite simple. It's just a nice quality outer with um, just like a, a, a black paper inner. But the 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 artwork and the quality of the card that's been used on on the actual outer packaging, and then the disc itself uh, really sort of makes up for that. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't, although I wanted to do something a little bit more extravagant. When you're actually in a position of specking it all up and doing all the quotes and that, you just like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. It, it didn't quite work out. So the beauty of the CDs is because they are cheaper to make. Um, it was a little bit more of an opportunity to just just make something. Do you know what I mean? Just put ah. a little bit more. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Like if there was infinite money around, don't get me wrong, I'd have both the vinyl packaging and the CD packaging would have been insanely specced up. But um, we had to. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a compromise because everyone who's got the vinyls and is looking at their vinyls in the hand and the packaging. It looks sick and it looks really classy. And yeah, it's simple, but it's it's effective. Um, but certainly it was a little bit easier on the CDs to um just put a bit a little bit more in that matte finish on those CD packaging. It's just so lush, honestly. It was although I did mess up though, because obviously all the products needed to be signed to go through Townsend and um I forgot to instruct the CD people not to shrink wrap them. So yeah, oh, I to, no. yeah. So literally had to unshrink wrap all the CDs. But James at Townsend hadn't clocked it either. So when I arrived signing day, we start getting these CDs out, and James is like, "Oh shit, I need to get all um, I need to get all the stuff off these." But we got there. We got there in the end, and yeah, it, the the physicals look gorgeous. Uh, honestly, they really do. The whole project does when you, and that's the like seeing everyone's photos come in on socials like people tweeting me saying look my, my packages arrived my vinyls arrived all yeah. that stuff it just looks so so good um just quickly as well to address um the delay on the project book i don't know if i spoke about that on the podcast I, so much has gone on i can't even remember um but yeah for anyone who did order a box set or even the book individually i hope everyone knows by now but um, yeah, they they are delayed, unfortunately, down to uh, production delays and proofing delays and things. Look, we, we could have rushed it through and got it out on time, but that's not how the McCulley's work for a start. And <laughs> like, it's it's not how I work. I didn't want to. I didn't want to send the books out not entirely perfect. 
But at the same time, I didn't want to delay the entire release to accommodate the book delay. And especially because the nuances of the problems that we're having, we can't actually get a firm date. So it was impossible to reschedule release anyway. So it was a case of, right, let's release as scheduled, delay the book, and then I will cover the postage for everyone's that have already been ordered I mean, I, th- I don't know if there's a poll, um, a service notice on the book now in terms of when you view it on the website, in terms of when it can be shipped out. But uh, rest assured, we are working on that. And anyone who is missing a book from their box sets will be getting them, I promise. I know you should all trust. I know you'll probably all do trust me, but please trust me. You are getting, you are going to get them. You are going to get them and they're going to be absolutely yeah. gorgeous. I think um, you made the so, right decision yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we couldn't have delayed release because we had the gig book. It would have meant delaying the gig and people have got had hotels booked and all sorts of other knock-on effects would have happened. And it generally gets people's backs up as well when they're having to cancel hotels or move hotels and things like that. So, yeah, without doubt, we made the right decision. And the prints as well, man. Like, the prints are gorgeous. Absolutely, like, such... um, I mean, again, I don't know anything about the technicalities of paper stock or this, that, and the other. They feel and look quality, um, which is something that I'm really pleased about. And yeah, the entire project just oozes quality and class in terms of the products that have been made. And um, yeah, really, really, really proud of that. Um, So yeah, I mean, release day came. And as I say, people's tweets started coming in and... It was just amazing, but obviously at the same time, that was the day of the gig and all the preparation and stuff that had to go into that. Do you know what I mean? It's like just an absolute whirlwind of all this stuff happening on socials and me sat there bloody, you know what I'm like, how nervous I get about them things. Although I have to say, I wasn't quite as bad as I thought I'd be. Um, It was pretty, well, I say that. I was still pretty nervous, but um, overall, I mean, the main thing was I was really confident about playing it, especially after doing The Seller of Dreams. Uh, It was more more like the whole event that I worried about, do you know what I mean? Because effectively, I was kind of the promoter on it almost, do you know what I mean? Which is completely alien to me. It's something I've not, I'm not gig promoter. I don't know what needs to happen or what anyone needs to do. But it, it, you know, it all came together and I was really, one of the main things that I was worried about was making sure Ross was happy in the way we were able to display the art um, on the night, which obviously was a slight unknown quantity until we just got in there, do you know what I mean? And started trying to make it work. So yeah, there was a bit of nerves around all that, but we were able to get into Iger at about midday and... Yeah, we we literally spent all day sort of sorting the room out that the art was in. It was really great as well because you had the, the, I don't know if I described it last time, but you had the venue and then just like literally there's like a door and that led through to a big practice room that we emptied out and we just like put all the art on the walls. We had the merch stand in there and um, yeah, it just looked really, really good. And it was like, uh, it was a cool thing because I've never been to a gig like that. I've never yeah. been to a gig where there's a gig and then like an art exhibition. And 
you know what I mean? It's not just some pony art exhibition with a few prints on the wall or something like this. We're talking about the originals and the originals of an absolutely jaw-dropping collection. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That was seeing all the art in the flesh all framed up like on the walls and with the little tickets next to them with the the name of the of the piece um that was just like you know a real mega proud moment for all of us and you know i know it's ross's art and mega proud moment for ross but in terms of the overall project and um presenting it to people on a launch night i don't think it could have worked out any better really um and yeah, yeah I, I mean, I pictures saw... of that green room where you guys were in there. I saw a picture with you and Maps talking, and then Ross was in there talking to people, and you could see the prints on the trot, you know, on their stands. And I was just like, wow, that's that is kind of a, a really cool thing to take part of. You go and see this awesome performance. It's got a really chill vibe. You've seen Allure, and then you slide into this room and look at this, you know, stuff that you've probably seen on Twitter and stuff online, but then actually see the real paintings there. It must have been pretty Well, cool. that's it. Yeah, man. I mean, we did have the prints there on the table, but the originals were what was hanging on the walls, and um, people were coming in saying, oh, I, I thought it was just going to be the prints that we've been viewing, and it's like, no, no, it's the, it's the originals, and look, I mean, as that place started to fill up and more alcohol was consumed, <laughs> me and Ross, me and Ross and Nicola were just all like looking at each other going, Oh God, um, let's just, let's just be that the art survives here. Do you know what I mean? Cause I'm not saying that anyone would have done, would have done anything deliberate, purpose, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. But when, you know, when people are having a good time getting vibed up and what were, it was more, how many people were coming into that room? Do you know what I mean? It's a lot, and it was like so everyone were pushing out to the sides, and then you're like, "Oh, is someone going to knock into it or spill the bloody drink on it or whatever?" Um, but luckily, everyone was. Re- I mean, at one point, I was like, "I'm going to have to move out of this room because, like, do you know what I mean?" Just to try and draw a, f- a few people out of it to give the art some space to breathe. Pied Piper. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it was it was it was absolutely amazing and. Like Ross absolutely loved it. I know he did. And the amount of people to speak to Ross and talk to him about the art and the amount of people inquiring about buying the originals. Um, they'll have to get in the queue behind me. But uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But yeah, that's something I'm really excited about that. For Ross, do you know what I mean? Because um I want him to get I want him to get what they are worth. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think Ross is a bit like me in a sense that he maybe doesn't value his own work highly enough. And it was great for him to get a finger on the pulse of how much people really, really love the art. I mean, the, you know, the entire collection is absolutely magical. And yeah, the thing is, they will be going up for sale. Yeah. They will be going up for sale. So, I mean, anyone who's listening to this podcast has seen the art. Uh, if you follow me, you will get to find out when they are available to purchase. Um, but I think there's going to be quite a queue for those because um, they are absolutely, especially the big 75 by 75 Badlands image. I mean, that that in the flesh is, I've never seen out like that. Do you know what I mean? In terms of being captivated by a piece of art. and God, just the entire collection. Um, absolutely amazing. And yeah, it was great to see 
all the merch set up and stuff and it just looked really professional man and yeah. it was just a proud moment you know what i mean it's like fucking hell we're actually gonna pull this off who would have believed that um and yeah just little things like i heard you had the uh, dj from uh dave duracell from uh Hood- yeah dave duracell tony j and matty uh they they dj'd um and obviously they did temple newsom and the temple newsom after party as well so that um, and that was really really cool and they just did that like for beers do you know what i mean they didn't even want anything out of it which is absolutely awesome because that really helped um make everything work do you know what i mean that was really cool um and just little things like the fact that deg deg was on the door letting people in and taking names and i know for a fact he absolutely loved um and because i'd already announced it on twitter that it was going to be on the door he had people coming up to him so are you deg Uh, so i think he really enjoyed that i think he even made himself a little sign saying security stop here nice (laughs) um yeah just absolutely i absolutely loved it and all the people who who helped uh set everything up and stuff and yeah i need to say another massive thank you to jack simpson because he really really played a blinder in like cajoling me into doing this but then as a result helping me all the way do you know what i mean and making sure that it went all right because obviously he's got the experience man he's the one that puts on events and um i literally couldn't have done it without his encouragement and i couldn't have done it without his help so all those aspects amazing and then i mean you've already sort of half mentioned it but ella my god look anyone who came to that gig and watched that girl do that set like honestly, and I'm not just saying it. Do you know what I mean? She left me genuinely speechless. Yeah, Gen- genuinely speechless. Her performance, and I wish someone or even I'd been filming the whole thing, um, because there were moments where she opened her voice up properly. Because that was the other thing as well. Ella usually does, you know, like a full band vibe, um, but because of the nature of the, my record and stuff and the on stage setup because I had it so minimal. Um, I did ask her and I do really appreciate her agreeing to it. I asked her if she could do like a, a stripped down, more intimate acoustic sort of solo vibe. And I just think that was like, so the right decision because like it's such an intimate performance of hers. And she just sat down with an electric piano and, um, you know, delicately played through the, through a set and her voice is just insane. You know, when, you know, when someone sings in front of you and it just like kind of takes your breath away a bit Oh yeah, and all the hairs on the back of your neck stand on end and all that sort of stuff. And if, to me, it just really felt like one of those moments. And the beauty of that was it wasn't just me stood there. There was like 150 people, um, and even Ella herself remarked on how quiet everyone was. And it's because they were just captivated. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She was, she was so yeah, honestly amazing. Like I, I remember when we interviewed her and I was looking her up and I listened to all the stuff on Spotify, you know, she's got a really cool pop vibe and there's a couple of songs I still love and play like monochrome and a couple of other, but I, there was a, she had done this live stream, uh, which was just on, it was sort of stripped down and it was just like her mm-hmm. on the piano. And, and she, she basically did like, l- like slower, really chill versions of her songs. And that yeah. was so powerful. Like it was yeah. really, really good. 
And that's when I really started to appreciate her as a, as a musician. I was like, this, I'm shocked that she has not just like shot in through the roof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's exactly what I thought. It's like, she's going to be an absolute megastar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She's got the, she's got the whole vibe and her crowd banter is brilliant. And her songs are brilliant. Her voice is brilliant. I was just, again, I was kind of, I don't know what the word is, just uh, ridiculously happy that I decided to ask her. And that I, you know, I, because in my mind, I thought, well, I think that'd be a really appropriate artist to play on the evening in terms of her sound and her overall vibe. And yeah. I was really, really thankful that all the audience respected a set and watched it, although that that wasn't forced. Do you know what I mean? They they were all just captivated by her and captivated by her singing, captivated by her performance. And yeah, I cannot thank Ella enough for agreeing um, to play. And she was an absolute dream as well. Do you know what I mean? Just turned up, did a sound check. No problems, no dramas. Um, do you know what I mean? She's got ice in her veins uh, because I'd have been absolutely petrified, especially when it's someone else's crowd. <laughs> but she got up there and she absolutely smashed it. Do you know what I mean? And like you say, she's destined for really big things. So, yeah, I absolutely loved watching her and listening oh, yeah. to her. And, yeah, what a performance. And I'm sure anyone that was there will have agreed. And, um, yeah, I really hope she's picked up a few more fans off the back of it because, my God, she deserves it. Yeah, um, if, I knew, if I knew she was going to be opening, I probably would have came. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, it would have been worth a flight, mate. I mean, it was just, for, just for the 30-minute performance she did. But, yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. and. That was just another element to the evening that just was perfect and just made it work like amazing. So how did it feel to be, uh, you know, to be on stage, uh, like, but not with the music, like to just be you? Was there a different feeling for you? Oh my God, of course it was. Of course it was. Absolutely. Um, you know, and just before we sort of get to that exactly, I mean, when Ella finished, I kind of rushed upstairs because I had made it my own little room and I just kind of sat in there on my own for a bit, do you know what I mean? And sort of got my thoughts together because it had been a hectic, not even a hectic day, a hectic couple of days or even a week. And it was, I did, I really hadn't felt like I'd stopped. So I just went and sat on my own for a bit up in that room. But, you know, I was, I was pretty cool. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't fretting or anything. Um, and as we discussed last time right, with the in-ears, monitors, all the headphones and all that stuff, I elected to get myself some in-ears with a little in-ear pack, a little Behringer P2, um, which was really awesome, actually. And that just meant that it all looked a bit better. But my God, them things are a pain in the ass to get in your ears. Jeez. <laughs> I spent most of the time up in that little green room trying to get them bloody in-ears in my ears and not have them fall out. So it was... It was all those things that were fretting me, if you know what I mean. Like in terms of feeling confident of getting up there and playing it, I had absolutely no doubts. Um, but the you know the in ears, getting them to work, making sure they didn't fall out, making sure all the equipment that was one thing. And then, as you rightly point out, it was a case of right. So I'm about to get on this stage on my own then, and not have you know, the other three lads sort of there. Again, it's the first time I've ever done that. Obviously, obviously it is. It's the first time I've ever been on a stage in front of a crowd without the other three 
And yeah, I did just want to say, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Pete, but I did just want to say a massive thank you to, to Rob, Phil and Stu um, for coming down to support me. Uh, that seriously meant a lot to me, did that. I didn't expect them to, and I wouldn't have been aggrieved if they didn't. But the fact that all three of them came to support me was really heartwarming. And to be honest, you know, I don't know if it sounds a little naff or, well, I don't care. It's true. That took a lot of pressure off me, knowing that even though those three weren't on stage, they were kind of, you know, that they were still in the room and they were there to support me. You know, it really meant the world to me. And um, Rob sent me a little message afterwards saying, you know, really well done. That took some guts. And um, he did really. But again, because that was the other thing. It's not just standing on stage and playing on my own. It was, again, a, lot, a bit like the Cellar of Dreams. It was like, right, what am I going to say? Do you know what I mean? Like, in terms the of dance. What, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say in terms of chatting to audience? And I'm jumping forward a bit. I have to say, I think I did all right up until about the fifth song when I just, like, I ran out of stuff to say. <laughs> Literally, like, I, like, when I came on... I were all right. And then sort of between each of the first four or five, I were kind of vibing on a little train of thought. And then my mind just went blank. And I was like, shoot, I cannot think of anything to say right now. Um, let's just play the next song. Do you know what I mean? I can't, if I could go back and do it again, I'd be a little bit better at the, you know, at sort of talking in between. Although, as I say, the first five were fine. It would just, after that, I was a little bit, like I can't just keep repeating myself and thanking everyone for coming. Do you know what I mean? Which is yeah, what I would do in a million times. Um, oh yeah, I do just want to break off quickly to thank everyone that came again. Do you know what I mean? It it, it seriously meant that you know, the reason I'd never really be forceful in arranging gigs like that for myself is the the age old thing of oh no one's going to want to come and see me. So everyone that came out and, and came to the gig, honestly, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you so much to all the patrons who came and who came up and spoke to me. And that I loved, honestly, I absolutely loved it. It was, it was so, it was so nice to, to meet everyone that's supporting me and put names to faces of the ones I haven't met and just have like a chat with everyone. And, you know, when I was sat up in that green room by myself, I I was a bit like, oh, well, don't know if I want to go down and mingle just yet. I don't know whether I might wait till afterwards, but it just got to a point where I just thought, no, you know, I'm just going to go down and because it's really I, like it's really difficult when everyone's looking at you. Do you know what I mean? And it's kind of right, just put your head down and move fast and just get somewhere. And then if this is my base, and if people want to come and chat to me, X and yeah, um, it was lovely how many people came and spoke to me with you know even beforehand really nice things to say really supportive did Lots they use of their twitter handles when they came up and talked to you like hi I'm <laughs> giant frying pan <laughs> yeah it was you know like i say lots of people who listen to the podcast obviously and who, who follow me and it was just like a hub for it all do you know what i mean and it was so nice to feel because when you're on socials yeah you see messages coming in and people send you messages but ultimately you just sat on your phone looking at them but when you're in a room, you know, a venue like that and everyone is kind of there and 
everyone's talking to and that it just really hits home how much the project has connected with people and i think ross felt that and realized that about the artwork as well um that you know it's 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 really something special and yeah so so the actual gig itself then and actually playing it's it again it's the age-old thing of as soon as soon as you start it's like oh there we go gonna be fine do you know what i mean muscle memory kicks in and i played in front of massive crowds do you know what i mean some massive crowds so it once i started playing it was absolutely fine every time i thought right i need to talk now it was a little bit like uh but in terms of actually playing the songs, there was absolutely no problems. And um, what about standing? Because I, I know you said sitting was going to be easier, but I saw you standing. Yeah, yeah, no, it was like I said. I've been, I've re, I've rehearsed a lot, and I've done it all standing. So it was only when I was only just starting to rehearse because I'd written them all, sat down. I was like, oh shit, I'm going to have to effectively learn how to play these again. Stood up, but no, that was that was fine and it was necessary anyway because the stage was quite low so if i'd have been sat down it might have just looked a bit naff but no it was great started playing but obviously i played the set as it is on the album and it all sounded amazing to me and there was a lot of great feedback afterwards about how good it sounded out front um yeah i just love how the songs have kind of taken on a life of their own live do you know what i mean and they've it's difficult to sort of qualify it really but just like anything live, really, it's always going to end up a little bit different. And because I've kind of played it so much now, I've kind of developed things and put little extra bits in and little flourishes and stuff. And yeah, it was just, it was just mint. It was just ace. Um, I absolutely loved it. And it was the perfect way uh, to release the record. Perfect way. And um, everyone was really generous afterwards in terms of like applause and stuff. And I don't know, man, it was just a really proud moment. Do you know what I mean? And um, it's uh, something that I'll, you know, one of those things that I'll remember for the rest of my life in terms of the first gig I ever did on my own and getting up in front of people and the fact that people actually enjoyed it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? People, people loved it. And like I say, the, the feedback that I was getting afterwards was just so humbling and yeah it was it was amazing and to be honest i'm i've only just starting to recover really from because it was a long day do you know what i mean and we all proper grafted getting everything set up and getting the room dressed and getting all the merch set up and itemizing everything i mean it was a lot of work do you know what i mean a lot of a lot of prep um to get ready before doors at half seven but yeah it it really couldn't have gone better in that regard it couldn't have gone better and like i keep saying I, I can't thank everyone enough for coming and i can't thank ella enough for agreeing to play and, uh, and yeah it just all sounded so great and the, the feedback about the record and people that have listened to it, it, it it's just it's heartwarming absolutely heartwarming yeah. um yeah well I, I as we all know i couldn't go and i'm kind of bummed about that but i did however get the digital pressing from serenade and uh that you know so that was my virtual way of uh of pretending i was there and, that, <laughs> uh, and that's really good too like i love that that's there that that's an option so i don't care so much about the owning of the um the picture which i think is cool because the, the artwork is phenomenal and even the the artwork on the digital pressing looks different than anything i've seen like it's like a whiter version which looks really beautiful it's negative i mean that's that's oh, the genius that's amazing 
That's the genius of Ross McCulley. So yeah, what Pete's referencing is the Serenade um, limited edition digital pressing. This has confused a lot of people, to be fair. But where where do I start with this? Well, we will start with the artwork. Um, yeah, Serenade were keen, because it was like a limited special edition, they were keen to have a unique cover art that was different to the standard album version. Um, you know, so I, I spoke to Ross about it and we did about five minutes. I get that back and you're just like, oh my God. And it's just a genius simplicity of just reversing it That's and amazing. just and you putting it as a negative. Do you know what I mean? Which is effectively what it is. And it's like, it's almost like an art. It's almost like a frozen Badlands in it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I low key like it better. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, it's gorgeous. Yeah, no. Yeah, it is absolutely gorgeous. And it's something that makes that unique. Um, so let me break down the serenade thing. So it, it's a limited digital pressing. There were only 50 minted, as it's called, is a term for uh, when you create a digital pressing. It's called a minting process. So people might be sat there going, well, I don't get it. You just release as many as you want. No, no, no. There's only 50 of them and 50 have been minted. Now, as we sit here on this podcast, there is six left. <laughs> so by the time this podcast goes out, there might not be any left. Right. But there's there's different logic, different logics behind it, really, and several different cool exclusive elements. And you know, as it stands now, the the Serenade limited edition digital pressing is the only digital version that's out there. Okay, so for the people who own one of those. It's got the attached scarcity, the you know the cool factor, the kudos, and all those sorts of things of something so limited. Because um, I didn't just want to do like a massive rollout on Apple Music and Spotify. Yeah, there's nothing cool about that. There's nothing cool or unique about that. And you know there is not there is no further value in what you get from those streaming sites. It's just a bog standard MP3. They, it's difficult to get people to comprehend it. The digit, the this digital pressing, it has a value, it has a worth, has a continued worth, and it can be traded, it can be sold, um, or as I've said in tweets and posts, it can be cherished. And as time goes on, uh, if you know, if and hopefully when the project gets a little bit more eyes on it, and when I start, when I make more music and release more music. The, the the price of those digital pressings will increase. The best and most legitimate way of looking at it is it's just like a digital vinyl. So the music vinyl, the debut album, is worth £400 now, right? Yeah. The same thing applies to these digital pressings. So the same thing, do you know what I mean? They will uh, escalate in worth in, you know, especially if, the, as I say, especially if the album gets more traction and stuff, and I don't know, in a hypothetical glorious world, if one of the tracks ended up on like an advert or something, or got some real exposure, you know, the price of that of that digital pressing that you own will go through the roof. So, I mean, it sounds like I'm trying to give it a hard sell. I don't even need to because there's six left. So let me break it down a little bit more then. So the actual digital masters that are on the digital pressing are super high res. Okay. So it's not just a standard download again that you might get through Apple Music or whatever anywhere. These are special super high resolution 24-bit 96 kilohertz mastered digital uh, digital masters. 
So the audio quality is is it's better. So if anyone who owns a Serenade, you have the best version you can possibly own of that album in terms of the highest resolution, the best audio quality. So that's that's a that's a big point for it. Then obviously you've got the unique artwork. It's it's the negative image of Badlands, which me and Pete have just been discussing, is gorgeous. That's gorgeous. But then also you get what are called bonus rewards with the digital pressing. Um, and the most exciting, uh, and in my view anyway, the most valuable of the rewards is you get the live from the Seller of Dreams live stream as part of the package, as part of the digital package. So when you go on your Serenade profile, you'll have it all there and you can click on that and you can watch the full hour and 15 um, Seller of Dreams live performance that me and Pete have just been talking about. So that's a really cool thing in itself. So it's not just the high resolution files, it's the, the Seller of Dreams live stream, the unique art, and there's also summary voice notes that I've done, like um, you know an album summary voice note, which is like 13 minutes, and then uh, a project summary voice note, which is again about 13 minutes. Um, so all those things give it extra value and kudos. But then, as I say, the fact that it is something that can be sold or traded and can go up in value, that's another thing. It, it's, I, want it, I wanted it to be exclusive. I want this album going out everywhere, all over bloody streaming things. Well, where, as I say, people can just pay whatever they pay per month, which will be a pittance to access all these artists' music. And yeah. do you genuinely believe that all them artists are getting paid? No, they're not. And like I say, I'm not sat here like, you know, being funny about that. But at the same time, it's like there's not there's no value in it, man. There's no value for anyone just in a bog standard rollout on Apple Music and Spotify and iTunes. This serenade thing, you know what I mean? It it has value. It has an intrinsic physical value. Um and it supersedes anything that could have been done in terms of streaming platforms or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, as I say, there, as we talk now, there are only six of those left and there's not going to be any more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's not going to be any more. So if you want to be able to enjoy that record in high resolution with all those extra things, you need to get on it. You need to get on it and get one of them ordered. Um, I mean, by the time this goes out, there might not be any left, but there might be a couple left. It's taking people a little bit of time to get their head around it. I've had a lot of people going, well, what is this? And do you know what I mean? And it's difficult. I mean, basically, it's an NFT, which is something that a lot of people don't understand. But NFTs have had a lot of bad press in regards to uh, their impact on the environment in terms of how they are made. Now, the reason I've done this and the reason I've gone with Serenade is because Serenade are one of the only companies who mint, create these digital pressings that have um, extremely outstanding environmental policies in terms of how they make them. So let me put it into perspective. The power and therefore the impact on the environment that it takes to make one of these digital pressings, it's like a tenth of the power that it takes to send one tweet. Okay. So it, it's an incredibly environmentally friendly way of doing it. It's a, it's a new way for artists, especially probably artists in my position, more of a DIY independent. It's a new way to 
to put out something digitally that has, as I say, that has a value. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That that has a value and a worth and isn't just something that's on your computer. It's something that you can sell. And because of the how cool this project and album is and how much people are enjoying it, when you're on the marketplace, you'll be able to sell it, swap it, trade it, or just keep it, keep it for years and then sell it, you know, at a profit if you want. You can view it as an investment if you want. Do you know what I mean? It's not just got all those other cool things attached to it. It's it's something in itself. But I was a little bit because I'm aware of NFTs and you know, um they were a bit of a fad and I think it's died off a little bit now, but I think a lot of the reason was because of the damage to the environment, but just to put everyone's mind at rest who may be considering buying one of those or who may be viewing my decision to go down that route, uh, Serenade, you, and you can go on Serenade's site and you can read all about their environmentally friendly credentials and how the fact that they're doing it in a very eco-friendly way and it, it, you know, uh, it's one-tenth of a tweet to, to mint one of these. So it's very, very low energy output. And if you're angry about that, you'd have to be angry about how often I tweet on Twitter because I'm using <laughs> damn sight more energy doing that than they are making 50 of those. Um, you know, I could, I could have made, I could have got a lot more made, but I just felt 50 would make it really cool, really exclusive. And each one of those 50 people, you know what I mean, knows that they've got something special there that is not accessible to everyone else yeah and you know I, I suppose people might say well you're not being very inclusive there and it's like well I, I don't really agree do you know what i mean i'm giving the people who've directly supported me and who were desperate to get one of those something really valuable do you know what i mean and even if and when we do do a standard rollout on streaming sites blah 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 it's not going to be the same thing it's not going to be high res super super high res audio and it's not going to have anything else attached to it. Do you know what I mean? It's just going to be bog standard MP3s. That will probably happen at some point, but um, it's just not something I've got around to yet because I was far more excited about doing something like uh, the digital pressing with Serenade, which has got so much kudos attached to it. And it's just another element to this project, which makes it a bit different. You know, not a lot of people are doing these. Serenade approached me and they approached me multiple times um, and were really, really keen to to release the album in this format. And yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing that there's only six left so soon yeah. after yeah. release. And I think Serenade are quite impressed as well. Because if you look at Serenade and the artists they've worked with and the, the run numbers that they do to pretty much nearly sell 50 is really, really good going. Um, so... Yeah, I'm absolutely buzzing about that. And thank you to everyone who, who's bought one of those, including Pete Fletcher and including my brother. Heck, I've sat here thinking, you know what? I'm going to buy one of these. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to, if I can sell this in a few years for like 400 quid, yeah. do you know what I mean? I'm going to buy one of these. Well, for me, I, it was an easy decision because I was like, first of all, even if you released it on Spotify, like the day that you release the album. Like, obviously I already bought the album. I'm still waiting for it. Cause I'm in America. I'm sure it'll come soon, but you know, 
even if you release it on Spotify the same day, I'm still buying this because yeah. this is as a fan of music. When there's a, an artist that I appreciate, like I don't, I understand that there's no value for them really going through Spotify or something like that. Like I'm exactly, not, I want to show my appreciation for the artist, and so for me, it's a no-brainer when I see that. I'm like, of course, I'm gonna do that, even if I can get it on Spotify because yeah. I want to be, I want to encourage any artist that I appreciate to continue to do what they're making because of all of the joy that it brings me in my life. So yeah, I'm definitely going to buy that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And do you know what I mean? All the money comes to me. Yeah. It's not like Apple music taking all my money. Do you know what I mean? It's this is a digital way of doing it where all the money comes to me, which for someone in my position, trying to do it the way I am, I'm sorry. I, I don't, I'm not even ashamed to say it. It's really important. Do you know what I mean? It's like rather than seeing hundreds or what, however many people listening for effectively free on Spotify and stuff, it's like I can release something through Serenade and it generates a little bit of income back um, for the project. Do you know what I mean? Which it, that's brilliant. And I love the rewards and bonus things that come with it as well. And I think if I'd have had a little bit, although the you know the stuff that I've included is mint, but the more I've been thinking about it, the more I'm thinking, look, if I do one of these again, armed with the knowledge prior that you know what you can do and what you can put on there, there's all sorts of possibilities you could do to make cool stuff for fans, and that's what it's about. And I love the fact you can click on the product link and you can see the names of everyone that owns these. You know what I mean? You can see who got number one. You can see exactly what number they got. Simon Nicholson, he got number one. So, you know, he's going to be buzzing about that because that'll obviously be the most valuable one when when it when it does come a time to that. Now, it's a bit of a shame, really, because I would I would have loved to have got this podcast out before yeah. the Serenade was released. Been number one. <laughs> yeah, just to... Just people a little bit more of a heads up but everything's moved so fast that you know they've pretty much and i don't you know i don't know whether when this goes out they will be sold out probably but yeah i mean but yeah i'm really you know so it's and i love that every version has got value man i know i keep saying it but the cd's lush looks great feels great the vinyl is gorgeous that red marble smoke looks insane yeah. and then you've got yeah. this really really cool digital pressing so every version of this album that has been released is 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 something worth having. It's not and it's not allowing music to be a throwaway thing, which I have to say it it has slowly turned into that, you know, I mean, across streaming platforms where it's pennies to artists. There's no point. Yeah. There's no point. Do you know what I mean? And don't get me wrong, I want I want people to I want people to hear this album, but not over and above the expense of uh, at the expense of the people who directly support me and the people who are up for 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 purchasing something like that serenade thing do you know what i mean and yeah the the soundcloud link is out there because i mean there's more to talk about it because we haven't even talked about the listening party yet i don't oh, yeah. even know if you know that the listening party happened pete but yeah so let's i mean let's move on from the from the serenade thing now and so yeah, the the listening party for Badlands on Fire happened on Monday evening, and another massive shout out to Tim Burgess for inviting me on to to have my very own listening party. Which you know, I know we've done it as the music, and that's amazing itself. But as I'm sure you can imagine, when Tim Burgess contacts you and says, "Do you want to come on my listening party?" It's like, yeah, <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> yeah, yes, please, especially so close to release. Uh, so I got mad excited about that. And you know what? Like it suddenly dawned on me 
and not only through my own thoughts, but people were messaging me saying, look, I'm, I'm not being funny, but um, <laughs> this listening part is tonight and my CD or vinyl hasn't arrived yet. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, right, okay. Um, because that's another thing we haven't done is like on the music release, we did digital downloads that people um, that were on your Townsend account the day release, not done that. Not done that with this. Do you know what I mean? As I say, the only digital version, proper digital version, is the Serenade one, and there's only 50. And I just, I, you know, it's awesome, man. Yeah. I think that's awesome. But anyway, I wanted to find a way of getting around that because I wanted everyone who wanted to take part in the listening party to be able to take part. So, you know, I put the I put the SoundCloud link out for the record and it's only bog standard MP3s again on the SoundCloud link. And I know that is streaming in effect, but it's my SoundCloud page. Do you know what I mean? It's not bloody Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Don't get me wrong, I've got I've got nothing against these streaming platforms. I just don't understand them. I simply don't understand them. And like I just see I just see it as a way for people to get music for effectively for free which doesn't sit well with me, really. Do you know what I mean? I know people say, well, music's for everyone, and it is for everyone. But at the same time, there, you have to create something that has value for the people that have bought it. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, what's the point? Um, so, yeah, I put, I made sure that everyone who purchased the album got the SoundCloud link so they could take part in the listening party. And Tim Burgess put out a special one, a public one, for the listening party itself so that anyone could join in and listen to the record. And um, do you know what I mean? It was, I kind of felt a little bit weird about doing that because the serenade thing was there. And, um, but obviously the, the, uh, the, the digital pressing was like the king of ways to join in the listening party. Do you know what I mean? The highest quality audio and that. And you know what? Like I, as long, if, when I stop doing this pod, when I finish this episode, I'm going to check if there's any left because I want one now, even though I've got the master files on my computer. <laughs> I want one, man, honestly. Um, so yeah, the listening party was amazing and I was really keen to to do it so close to release and that's why I sort of did the SoundCloud thing so people could at least hear it and, you know, there was a lot of people on that listening party who were hearing the record for the first time and um, yeah, like, I think there was a little bit of me that was not worried, but a little bit of me was like, well, I, I hope that people turn up. Do you know what I mean? I, I hope that people take part in this listening party, but lots of people turned up. Loads of people got involved. Loads of people tweeting. And, you know, I think it's at my fourth listening party now. Um, and I'll tell you what, this time I was well prepared. Oh, I had that, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like 35 tweets drafted on my phone. I don't even remember last time. I think, was it the live at Temple Newsom's uh, where my my Twitter just went haywire and I lost all my drafted tweets. Yeah. And I was, I don't, you know, because as I'm sure you can imagine when you're listening live to a to an album and you're trying to write a tweet really fast, putting all the ats and all the hashtags that need to be in there, that takes time. And when a song's, ticking by second by second and you want to get you know two or three tweets out per song uh that can become logistically difficult so i did all the drafts and yeah it it went absolutely perfect and i got such a buzz and i'm still doing it now i'm still doing it now going back through the listening party 
and looking at all the comments um, that came in, all the people listening to the album for the first time, absolutely buzzing off it, connecting with it. Do you know what I mean? I absolutely loved it. And obviously Maps, um, James Chapman, he joined in the listening party as well, which was, uh, I loved that. And then obviously Ross did as well, because I wanted Ross to, um, because Ross is intrinsic to the, the project as a whole and the art is such a big part of it that I wanted Ross to be involved. And it was just a great moment for you know for the art for the artists involved and and everyone else nicola the designer do you know what i mean everyone that's been involved it was a great moment to all feel like we were sat together appreciating what we'd done with with a wider audience and yeah i i absolutely awesome. loved it yeah i absolutely loved it and just just on reference to james chapman actually so james made the trip up from northampton to uh to Iger for the gig and i i didn't know it was i only learned it was coming up a, a little bit beforehand and like again i was blown away by that and I, like a lot of people might not realize this me and james have never met we've never even spoken before wow <laughs> yeah everything everything we've done has been through vast ridiculously long emails uh because a lot of people moan about my ridiculously long emails but it would appear that i found uh some uh me and James are kindred spirits in that sense because we were both <laughs> sending each other these enormous sprawling emails. And I don't know, it was just making that record. Nothing ever happened that needed a phone call. Do you know what I mean? It was just all easy peasy. And we, you know, we were on WhatsApp. We started on emails, then we moved over to WhatsApp, just messing each other, messaging each other. And Never that's kind Zoom. of no Zooms. No, no Zooms. No Zooms. <laughs> wow. That's how we did this record. We just did it all by you know communicating via text, emails, and WhatsApp. So yeah, to to actually meet James Chapman in the flesh um, was an absolute honor. And honestly, that guy is fucking one of the nicest guys I have ever met, and like incredibly talented. And he's another like just really humble guy. Do you know what I mean? Just absolute genius. And I loved meeting him, and I loved chatting to him, and. Yeah, we had a picture together and all that sort. It's like we were both fanboying each other. Um, and he was the last to leave as well. Like oh, wow. they were literally, the, you know, the 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 crew who were tidying up and sorting out Iger after the gig were pretty much like, "Well, you two fuck off." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it was pretty much, uh, me, you know, we were the last ones. And yeah, I put that picture out on Twitter, and it was just, I, I loved, I loved meeting him. I really did, and so made up that he came up to watch it. Do you know what I mean? Um, just really, really proud of of everything that went on. And yeah, it was just lovely to meet James. And funnily enough, actually, uh, he's going to come on the podcast, which I'm sure you'll all be excited about. I know I am massively. But the weird thing was, it's like I turned around to him and I went, mate, will you come on the podcast? And he looked at me and he went, I thought you'd never ask. Uh. And I was like, <laughs> dude, like I asked you ages ago. I asked you ages ago if you wanted to come on the podcast in a text as part of a conversation, but you you kind of ignored it and just kind of moved on. And I I took that as okay, maybe he's not comfortable with that for some reason, so I'm not going to push that on him. I've asked him; he's kind of, to my mind, he's brushed over it and moved on. So I'm not going to hammer him about it. But no, it just appears that he hadn't bloody seen it. 
Do you know what I mean? So then I'm like, look, man, I feel awful now because you're obviously, you've obviously been thinking, I'd love to go on his podcast and we're doing this album together and he's not even having me on his podcast. I thought but, he was uh, going to say, no, uh, what podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just a, a genuine misunderstanding, which I was really pleased about because I cannot wait to have him on the podcast. And um, yeah. yeah, I'm sure it'll just be a... A proper loving between me and him do you know what i mean because we're i don't know just we're both on the same wavelength like musically and i'd say even just like you know everything else such such a cool guy and yeah really looking forward to to having him on the podcast and just such a um i was so made up by the fact that he came to the gig and stayed around afterwards and he was looking at the art loving the art and yeah, um, Deg let him in on the door as he let everyone in. I think Deg absolutely adored being on the door. Um, I miss that yeah, the most, I think. I think. I wish I would have seen that. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I walked past the area where the door was, I could just see him laughing. Because it would have been like a blast for the pa- from the past for him as well for Deg because so many people that he hasn't seen for years and all concentrated and focused coming through this one door and he's like, all right, all right, all right. So. Yeah, I think uh, everyone had a great time. Everyone had a great time. Um, And, you know, I did. And it was just one of them things where you're just, you're proper floating afterwards. Do you know what I mean? For quite a long time. And so when's the next one? I want to make sure if you do, if you do one like, like, like obviously planning involved, but I would love to finally get to one of these. I'm hoping you do more. Well, yeah, that is something to add. I am doing more. Yeah, there's, there are there are going to be more gigs, and I'm waiting. There might even be emails or texts about it on my phone right now. But yes, I am doing more shows. Um, you know, nothing big. Well, obviously nothing big. It's not it's not a massive project in terms of that. But uh, I think it's going to be. We're just working it out now. But it's you know a bit hundred, hundred twenty, hundred fifty capacities. Nothing more than that. Just little venues, little vibey venues. The thing I don't know at this stage is. I don't know if we're going to be doing it in terms of the full displaying the art, having the art there as an exhibition and all those sorts of elements. Um, I would say not. I'd, I'd say that element probably won't be included. Whether we can work out some way of doing something, even if it's just with prints, uh, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's a lot to ask Ross to uh, firstly travel all around the country secondly cart all those pieces of art because they are big do you know what i mean and they need protecting and then yeah you know it's fine art man it's pieces of incredible fine art i don't and it was it like i said earlier there was a moment where we were looking at each other going this could this could backfire in terms of damage to some of the canvases or anything like that so yeah, at this stage, talking about more shows, uh, I, I, I don't think... Well, one thing to know is these shows are going to be much later in the year. They're not imminent. Um, I don't know whether they're going to be around October time or something like that. I'm not sure. Um, but they are happening anyway for people who missed out on this one. Although I think this one was probably, you know, really the one to go for with all the art there and everything. But shit, man, do you know what I mean? Like, come and see the set, obviously, you know, yeah. the set slamming itself. Uh, so, yeah, there, there are going to be more gigs. So, yeah, I mean, as much as anything, um, who can say if the art won't be privately owned by the time those 
those next shows happening. But that is something that I will endeavor and obviously guarantee you, I will keep you all informed about because uh, obviously the Ross's artworks and Ross will decide when and where they are sold, obviously. Um, but I want to be able to promote that for him. I want people to be aware of when those works are going to be for sale. So, you know, everyone has a chance to fight over them. <laughs> you know, I, th- I think it really will be best for those to go into some sort of auction scenario. But as I say, it's really not my place to to tell Ross how to sell his own art. I'm just interested in Ross um, achieving what is possible for those canvases without, you know, selling them too cheap. Because I know what Ross is like. I know what Ross is like. Do you know what I mean? He'll be like, oh, no, they're not worth that much. I'm like, fuck off, mate. Jesus, they are... They they are absolutely incredible, and they are worth what people are prepared to pay for them. Listen, and if listen, you just listen, go ahead between you and me, let's let's kind of you know let's Ross. They're not worth that much. Come on, I'll, I'll DM <laughs> you. We'll, we'll we'll talk out a price. Yeah, listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Right, he gave me a bit of a ballpark figure of what he was thinking of, and immediately I just said, uh, Ross, I'll put the money in your account now. I'll buy them all <laughs> off you. Right now, I'll get the money. I can buy. I know where I can get it, and that because how cheap you are selling those, I want to own them all. Forget about anyone else owning them. I want the entire collection. That's yeah. literally what I said to him, and I think at that moment he was like, "Maybe those prices were too cheap." Then I'm like, "Yes, those prices are too cheap, mate." Because if that's what they're going for, I'm literally going to put the money in your account now and drive up and pick them up because I want them all. <laughs> Like, they cannot go that cheap. That is too cheap. But the upshot is, if he does decide that is the price, I'm going to buy them all. <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way he will. Not, I don't think at this point, is. I think it's starting to sink in that, um, you know, the more people connect with this project, the more eyes that are on the, the art, you know. And he got a lot of inquiries on the night, a lot of people saying, look, here's my email. When you know what you're doing with them, please let me know. Do you know what I mean? Because I want Ross to be able to take his art to the next level do you know what i mean in terms of its exposure it's already fucking next level in terms of the art itself and the talent behind it but as we know in this world amazing talent's not often or not always rewarded in the way it should be right and it's just something that i've got in my mind that i want to do whatever i can to make sure that he can achieve the best price for him do you know what i mean because the amount of work not just the art itself but the amount of work that has Ross has put into this project is insane and more than I'd ever be able to properly pay him back for. And I'll say that completely openly. Do you know what I mean? A damn sight more than I'd ever be able to properly pay him back for. Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for really the worth of his time anyway. Um, so yeah, it will be, it will be amazing if we could, um, get some really great prices for him on those art and yeah, go, you know, them go to somewhere where they are, ridiculously appreciated but as i say whatever that price is i still might try and borrow some money from somewhere and buy <laughs> because that badlands image i just really feel like i need to own that like it, like the amount that what those images mean to me and stuff and but i'm not going to stand in the way if the, if there is some situation where there's well, you know where he's getting really big offers um but yeah i think <laughs> 
I think this this episode is going to be over an over an hour. Should probably wind it down now. Um, not just going to cut it off and do a bye, but certainly wind it down. Probably just me thanking people and stuff, really. But I, what can I say? You know, credit where it's due, and obviously credit to Ross for his art, but credit to everyone who's supporting this project. Do you know what I mean? To, to the people who are picking up the digital pressings via Serenade, to the people who are going on my towns and store and ordering the vinyls ordering the CDs, ordering the project book, which, as I've referenced, is delayed. But because of the delay, just turn up, it is going to be special, is that. It's going to be gorgeous. A lot of work has gone into that. Um, and, the, you know, there's some close-up images of the art in there and stuff, and it's all super high-res. And it's amazing. And, yeah, there are the shirts, obviously, shirts on my site and the prints. I don't know what I've just mentioned, so I'll do it all again. Shirts And the test pressings as well. That's all stuff that is still still available on my site. And just FYI, if you have been on my store and not seen T-shirts, there was a bit of a switch round going because we did actually sell out of T-shirts, which is really cool, really cool. Um, But now they are being made to order again. So if you did want to pick up a shirt and you'd been on on there and not seen them, just FYI, they are back up now um, in all sizes and both colours if you did want to pick up some of those. Uh, yeah, I'll look forward to when people do get the books and they can complete the box sets just for my own, com- just for the completionist in me. Do you know what I mean? It, I've got like an itch inside me because I know that people haven't got the books, but they've got the box sets. And you know, even down to the box set boxes, they're nice boxes, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're like, it's classy. It's the whole thing is classy. And it really fills me with a great sense of achievement and pride and all sorts of other stuff. And I don't know, a lot of it don't feel real. I've been planning it so long and talking about it so long and designing stuff for so long. And whilst a lot of people are only just seeing and hearing this stuff, obviously the people involved have been seeing and hearing it for, for quite a while, man. So for it to be out in the wild, people appreciating it, people coming to the gig um, and getting the direct feedback that we have been getting. Yeah, I, I honestly, I couldn't be happier and it really does mean the world to me. Um, so yeah, on that note, I think this will do for, for episode 85. So thank you again to everyone that's supporting us thank you to everyone that listens to the podcast and uh, thank you to you Pete Fletcher even though you couldn't be asked getting on a plane and coming over but you know whatever how dare you nice one everyone (laughs) fuck off Pete and on that note I'll speak to you next time thanks for listening bye